We're going to be talking about marriage, kicking off a series because Ron Deal is coming here and it's going to be a great conference, a wonderful conference. Make sure you go online, sign up for that conference because what I'm going to be talking about over the next few weeks is how so oftentimes what happens with marriage is are, are things that were unexpected. Amen. Yeah, I got to be careful here. We could get a lot too many amens, right? We could really become entangled. And, and I'm going to tell you something this morning. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're, we're going to start with Mary and Joseph because we're in the season of Christmas. It's a great time. Uh, it's fun to look at their marriage to see all of the, the things that they had to overcome within their marriage early on within the engagement. You know, the word engagement in scripture is actually a Hebrew word. In the English, we call it betrothed. Uh, I'm not going to give you the Hebrew word. It's a little more complicated to say than that. But what it means is sanctification. And it's an interesting thing that, that Mary was being sanctified for her husband and her husband Joseph was being sanctified as they were betrothed to one another, being sanctified for her. Now, sanctification, if you know what sanctification is, it's the rooting out of things that are unnecessary. It's the rooting out of, we call a spiritual sanctification, meaning this, the rooting out of sin in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so, so the rooting out, right? And then as, as the sin is rooted out from your life, we're being sanctified to be more like Christ. Well, they really understood when they were engaged that they, it was a time of preparation, one for the other. And it was a time when, when it wouldn't be easy for them because sometimes God gives us a gift in our spouse that we didn't ask for. That's a very nice way of saying it, isn't it? Now, in Mary's situation and in Joseph's situation, this was a major gift. But first, the preparation for marriage, the engagement, the, the betrothing one for the other, the, uh, the, the time of going through this process of sanctification. You know, Mary would have begun to, to pray for her future husband. She would have learned how to focus on some things that were necessary. In their day and time, when someone became engaged, it was the mother's responsibility to take this daughter through the process of what it means to be a wife, teaching her how to cook teaching how to prepare a home, teaching her what, what it looks like to be married, to pay attention to the things that, that the, the parents were doing, to pay attention how to set the table, how to prepare yourself for your husband. Mothers would help prepare their daughters for expectations a husband might have of his wife. Mm -hmm. She would pay extra attention how her mother would treat her husband. She would ask questions and attempt to learn as much as possible during this betrothing time, if you will, betrothing time. It, it was a time of preparation. She would ask her mother questions possibly like this, Mom, what should I do when we don't have money for flour? Well, that's Joseph's responsibility, babe. What will he expect to eat at night? I don't know, ask him. Right? What if we don't have the money? What if, what, what if we're on the move? What, what if Joseph can't provide? I'm sure there were all types of questions that Mary's mother had to answer. And she probably knew she would be making herself sanctified for her husband, getting prepared for a great marriage to come. However, it would become very entangled very quickly. And then out of nowhere, God shows up with his gift. Now, if anything, we should see that God's gifts to us are not always a gift of convenience. Don't amen that. 
But God's gifts to us are not always a gift of convenience. They're what's necessary in order to expand his kingdom because after all, that's who God is and that's what he's about. See, I would say Mary was preparing herself, being sanctified for someone else, and then God shows up with a gift. In order for Joseph to be eligible for a wife, look, he must have a job as well. He must be preparing himself. He must be walking through this process of sanctification. He had to become self-sufficient. He had to have the ability to pay a dowry, a price for to the father, and an approval from the future father-in-law. More than likely, Joseph would have been some older, already a proven carpenter with the ability to take care of a family. And, and, and he would need to be able to prove himself worthy of taking Mary as his wife to this family. A lot is taking place during this time of engagement. And it was a lot of preparation. And this preparation was for the benefit not of just their lives, but the benefit of the community. Let me say something about Joseph. Joseph's father was more than likely a carpenter. We know this. That's just kind of how carpenters were during that day and time. And so they would go through this process of, of teaching, of apprenticeship, and learning a trade in order to be able to take care of a family, in order to provide, be a providential husband to his family. And so what we know about Joseph's father is he probably lived good. He probably had a name for himself within the community. These two families that were coming together, the community was probably excited about this. Oh, did you hear about the engagement of these two really, really good families within our community? And they're coming together. You know, Joseph's father, he's the one that has the the lakeside house over on the Sea of Galilee, probably driven by it. You know, I don't know, but, but it, it would have been a time of excitement, a time of preparation. Joseph has things going his way. He has the approval from the in-laws. He has the community getting excited about a wedding to come. He has the bank paid off for the dowry. He's feeling good about his future church. And then a gift of God shows up unexpectedly. If you'll stand for the reading of the scripture, it comes from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 this morning. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he is he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. You may be seated. This is a beautiful story. I love this because it says Joseph called his name Jesus. Oftentimes we say, and Mary named her son Jesus. Well, I want you to know Joseph had a part in this. 
He too had to hear from the Lord. He too had to be walking through a process of sanctification. The scripture calls him a righteous man. It is as it should be between he and his Lord. God did have to speak to him in the night because in the day, the day provided all these ways of him becoming entangled, being afraid of what he was seeing, what he was witnessing as far as God's gift. Maybe Joseph wasn't quite as with it as Mary was, at least at first. And sometimes it takes the men, women, come on. Sometimes it takes the men a little longer for the, or the women a little longer for the men to come on board, right? But here's an angel speaking to Joseph. And this story would have looked a lot different had he not listened. Mary was young. Her life was very straight. It was very untangled, very clean. She was a virgin. She wasn't entangled in all the ways and all the things of the world. She was very clean, but it was about to become very complicated. Joseph himself is called a righteous man. Very straight, very much a young man with all kinds of approval. Very much untangled as well, but God had so much more for him. Verse 20, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because he was looking at putting her away silently, quietly. The KJV, the King James Version says it this way, fear not because fear can make you want to put away God's gift to you, church. And so the angel started, hey, Joseph, fear not. This is a gift of God. Mary is a gift of God. The son that's within her is a gift from God. See, when God gives you a gift, it doesn't always evoke joy, praise, and splendor. And you wonder in your own mind, is this a gift from God or is this a gift from the enemy? And some of us look at our spouses that way. Oh, she was so precious while we were dating. Our engagement was just absolutely incredible. We had so much fun. She had so many things to offer, to bring uh, to my world. And, and I know I had so many awesome things to bring to hers. Yes. And everything looked so great and everything was so good. And we just added one thing upon the other and, and we went from good to great. And then we got married. Is this a gift from God or from the enemy? Our life all of a sudden became so entangled, we didn't know what to do. And some of you are sitting in that very place today, and I want you to hear me, that pressing into God is what untangles us for His greater purpose within us. That's where it comes from. See, God, that God set her aside should have been enough for Joseph, but now we have a pregnancy before marriage. Sometimes a gift from God worries you before it blesses you. Joseph is attempting to say, how do I get out of this? Set her aside quietly, possibly divorce her. I had a clean life, a very untangled life, and I'm only engaged in this, or only after I became engaged in this thing did it become extremely entangled. Many times when God gives us a gift, we, we want to run away from it instead of running towards it. God's greatest gifts can come to us wrapped in problems, wrapped in trials. Through tough times, it looks so tangled, but there is such a gift when it begins to unravel, when he begins to unravel it. The loss of a job. I've known several that have lost jobs only to find out that the loss of that job became the greatest blessing in their life. The challenge of teenagers. <laughs> 
I'm surprised we only had one amen to that, but <laughs> the challenge of teenagers only to find out that as the years go by in retrospect, wow, they're incredible human beings. And they add so much to life. This the challenge in life, the challenge of losing a loved one, the challenge of setting a table only to find that, that those who were sitting there last year are no longer with you this year. God, what are you going to unravel? How are you going to unravel this for your kingdom, for your sake, for your purpose? You see, church, sometimes we have to ask ourselves some difficult questions in marriage, in relationship. I talked to a person years ago who, who I've shared his story many times, but he simply told me, he said, Curtis, I feel closer to God at the sixth fence post on my ranch than I ever have in church. But God has called us together because here's the truth, that it's through coming together, it's through relationships that our character is forged. There is no forging of your character on your own because you'll praise you. You'll define you. You'll redefine yourself several times, but that's so oftentimes how we do life is we simply try to do it alone, and God has called us together. He's called us the uh, ecclesia. He's called us one built upon the other. He's called us the church, and we too are a bride being sanctified for our groom in preparation for him, but without a fire, we cannot be refined. How can we be a overcomer without anything to overcome? The angel starts here with these words, fear not. Those words alone simply means that God has a greater plan. He's involved. He's going to do something great. God is in the untangling business, church. In Joseph's defense, you got to understand what the first Christmas must have looked like. Now, not as beautiful as the one that we have now. We have joy in retrospect. As we look back, we see his plan is better than ours. We see the angels, the magis, the shepherd, the star. It's such a beautiful Christmas. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Uh, the lights and the lights down the streets and, and, and we, we go down Candy Cane Lane and we, it, Christmas is just a beautiful thing, but we see it in retrospect. You see, in the time of Joseph, Joseph is responsible now for a pregnant wife outside of marriage. He's on the run from Herod. He's spending his entire savings. And in the end, there is nowhere for his wife to even give birth. Fear not are words we all need to hear because what is a beautiful Christmas story today was not so pretty on that day. Retrospect gives us insight Retrospect reminds us that it's those who finish the race that the promise is there for. You see, this marriage, this thing that was happening in Joseph's life, it looked very complicated, but God, in retrospect, was doing an amazing work. An incredible story of God invading the earth. See, we have the privilege today of knowing how it all turned out. But Joseph, he's taking every step in this journey through faith. It's marriage. You know, those who have 40, 50, 60 years or more, they can probably look back in retrospect and say, whoo, I'm glad we stayed together. I'm glad we finished the race. I'm glad we made it through the fire, uh, uh, the many fires, right? In retrospect, we can see that God's hand was at work. 
And we made a choice to endure, to enjoy, to stay together for the betterment of the kingdom. Even when we were all tangled up, we gave him the chance to untangle us. You see, church, let me tell you something this morning. Don't let fear, discouragement cause you to misplace the gift that God has given you, to displace the gift that God has given you, to walk away from the gift that God has given you. Because fear will do that very thing. We create expectations through our process of engagement. These expectations, and we say, this is who this person is that I'm going to marry. And then all of a sudden, the fear of perception, the, the getting entangled through our perception, through what we perceive this to be, and it's not, it causes us to put away the greatest gift that God has given us. See, some of us are worried about how our gift, how our gift will be perceived by others. You know, when I came into a, a relationship with Allison, I was the worship leader. Don't laugh. God does have a sense of humor. I'm a preacher today. That ought to make you laugh. But anyway, but, but, but what happens is, I, I, I'm going to tell you, and when I heard her sing, I was like, oh, my goodness. Uh, then all of a sudden, I didn't want to play my guitar. I, I didn't necessarily want to be worship leader. Now, back in the day, my voice was a little higher, and I could sing everything in the key of E. As long as it was in the key of E, I was good to go. It's not that way today. I'm not saying it was great. I'm just saying, church. But what happens, you get in this relationship, and, and you say, hey, you know, I... I have these gifts, but I'm a little bit fearful of how I'm going to be perceived when I use this gift. See, some of us are giving off, or we gave off false perceptions of who we are while we were in the engagement process, right? We're this great, wonderful human being that never gets angry, that always follows the Lord. And you just, if you want to draw near to the Lord, you just need to draw near to me. Oh, I'm holy. I'm good, I'm great. And sometimes that's, that's, that's who people fall in love with and then they get married and they go, you are not holy, you're the most unholy thing. You're the most tangled up, you're the most messed up. I had no idea you brought this kind of baggage with you. You know, we give off these false perceptions of who we really are. And then we live in a fear. What if they find out who we are? What if they find out our secret sin? What if they find out this false perception that I led them into this relationship with? Let me say something. Joseph Campbell said it this way. He said, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And this is why so oftentimes we run from it instead of run towards it and begin to ask God the question, why do I have it? Why did you give me this gift? That's not who I married. That's not what I foresaw. He, she is a tangled up mess, God. And I didn't see it. And what God is saying, why don't you run towards it? More importantly, why don't you run towards me? I didn't know that they were a person that would always want to live above their means. I didn't know that they didn't have all their stuff together. I didn't know that they were more of a hypochondriac than a realist. We're so worried about coming clean and receiving help, church, when help is, is just a prayer away. 
when Joseph, he, he became so afraid that his help had to speak to him at night because in the daytime he was so fearful about this perception and what people might think. Sometimes God will give you a gift that others can't handle, and sometimes that other one is your spouse. You're given a gift of prayer. You're given a gift of knowledge, of wisdom, a gift of remembering Scripture, a gift uh, possibly of work, ability. But sometimes ability requires time, and if that time is not spent with that spouse, we spend all of our time in our gift and in our abilities and trying to improve those to such a degree we neglect the gift that God has given us. See, some will want to want you to, to put your gifts also aside quietly. That's another problem that we run into, that, that not that we don't use our gifts, but we're using our gifts, but they'll want that to be put aside quietly, careful with that. They will become jealous, envious of what you have. Years ago, uh, when Alice and I got engaged, I had a woman come to my office and she simply said, uh, you don't need to, to marry her. That's pretty bold. Now, it wasn't a woman my age. It was uh, 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 someone who, who really thought highly of Allison and thought highly of me, but her point was, um, you two do not deserve one another. And, and she goes into this, and I finally had to ask her to leave my office. I am engaged. Well, but I don't know, you know, uh, I don't know that you belong as a worship leader, Curtis. Uh, sure don't know if Allison does. Um, vice versa, and starts going in challenging all of these things. Now, challenge isn't bad, but uh, we have to be careful because some will want you to put your gift away quietly for the wrong motives, for the wrong reasons. They'll be jealous, envious. Herod was jealous of this new king. Some will want to destroy your gift that God gave you. What will they think? What will they say? What will they do? If you can shake this off, then you can receive what God has for you this new year because some of you right now are living in fear of your gift. You're telling, you're having others tell you, don't do that. Don't serve in that way. Don't go down that road. Don't love them. You shouldn't love them in the way that you do love them. Look at what they've done to you. We'll continue to pray for them. You see, I truly believe if we can learn to shake some things off and press into the Lord that 2022 will be the year of our Lord for marriage. And then know this, that God desires to untangle us through his provision. Of course, Joseph had to provide, but he also knew his provision, his ability and his gifts were given to him by God. So what did he did? He, he offered them back to God. He offered Mary back to God. He knew that this child was, was outside of, of him and Mary coming together and consummating the marriage. He kept her a virgin until she, she gave birth. Because he walked with his Lord, he knew God would provide. God is ultimately our provision. And God wants to untangle us through us knowing that He will provide everything that is needed for marriages to win this race in life. Everything, including finances, including meals, that God wants us to stay together. My, my parents, I, I've got a funny example here. Uh, years ago when I, I was going to college in Abilene, uh, my, my parents came to town and, and they want to take me to a really fancy restaurant. Now you need to know this. 
I was 19 years old. I've never been, I had never been to a fancy restaurant ever. And, and so, uh, we didn't eat out, but very little, uh, growing up. And, and so we're in Abilene and we go to this place and dad told me I needed to dress nice. And we go into this restaurant and we sit down at this table and I'm like, look at this place. It was dim. And mom and dad sat across on the other side of the table and I was on, on this side in a booth and I was like, golly, dad, this place is incredible. Hands me a menu and tells me they're known for their ribs. And, and this is back in 1989, 1990 and the rib plate was like 15 bucks. That's like 70 today. Well, after yesterday, it's gone up another $3 according to our inflation, but let's keep going. So I didn't grow up this way. I didn't grow up this way. And I looked over the menu and I said, Dad, have you seen these prices? And he said, oh, and, and by the way, order whatever drink you want. And I was like, this is crazy. And he said, I didn't bring here to worry about how much it costs. I brought you here to enjoy the meal. Be careful that God doesn't take you to a blessing and you don't sit at the table with him and enjoy the meal. That you don't take your spouse every time you sit with them and say, God, thank you. I I appreciate you providing this meal and this time together. Now, Alice and I may have had difficulties and have difficulties today, and we will because she's married to me, but I will tell you this. Every time we sit down, we bless the meal, and every time I thank God for this time. I don't ever miss that because it's sacred time because it's the gift that he's given me. You see, be careful that God doesn't take you to this blessing and you don't sit down and enjoy the meal. Have it untangled. Joseph had enough resources to pay a dowry. He had enough money for the journey. He had enough money to for a place to stay, but God had to give him something his money couldn't buy. As a matter of fact, God had to tell him, Joseph, fear not. I will untangle this if you'll simply hear my voice and do as I say. Joseph couldn't make it happen. He couldn't force the door open, but God opened the door for him. I thank God for doors he opens that no man can shut and shutting doors that no man can open. Revelation states, I've set before you an open door. It is true that wherever God guides you, he will provide for you. Fear not, I have prepared a place through this gift that I have given you to enhance my kingdom. You ever wonder why Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him first deny himself? Because that's tough. Most relationship problems, they get so tangled because we refuse that first command even to follow Christ. And no way are we going to deny ourselves for that one. Careful with that. You know, God gives us faith for our entanglement. I want you to hear this final point. There are times we need to thank God for those who rejected us, neglected us, and attempted to steal our gift. There, there are times that, that we need to thank God, that we left there disappointed. Sometimes we need to thank God for those who left us along the journey. Thank you, Lord, that I lost that job for in losing that job, in losing that relationship, I found more love for the ones that you gave me where I could make an investment and we could see your kingdom restored. See, I wouldn't have had a chance had there not been grace for my entanglement. It's it's what God wants for each one of us. He gives us faith 
to move on. I, I had a, a, a retired pastor. I was uh, out to eat the other day and he stopped by my table and he was visiting with me and he'd been in ministry for several years and uh, we've known each other throughout the years. Very charismatic, very fun guy to be around. And he started a business now to counsel pastors. And he said, Curtis, I need to get you on my books. And I was like, I don't have any money. You got the wrong guy. You, you, you need to know I'm not coming. He said, all right, then this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you some advice right now. He said, all of that rejection that you've had over the years, I'm telling you, is stacking up because every time someone leaves the church, you feel rejected. And I said, you don't know that. Sometimes I bless God for them. Anyway. (laughs) But he went on to tell me, he said, no, every pastor deals with it. It's this fear of rejection. It's the wondering of why. Why did they leave? Could I have done something more? And as the church grows and it gets bigger, this becomes more and more of a problem because the pastor can't be there for everyone. You know, we have to be careful because sometimes we we forget to praise God for the ones that we do have, the ones that he's provided for us, the one that he did take away so that we don't become more distracted in our call and, and who we're called to be. You know, if you would have accepted me, I wouldn't have had the chance to be blessed in the barn. This is what I feel like Joseph would have said, to be blessed in the barn, under the stars, in the voices of the angels, and visited by kings in the desert. When God takes you outside the system of the natural, expect the supernatural for your life. By faith, God is up to something. Fear not, Joseph. You're so worried in the day, I have to speak to you in the night. But fear not, because fear is a motivator. But so is faith. The marriage may not look like what you had in mind, but let me do a great thing through your faith. Faith, not fear. Which one motivates us the most today? Maybe it's in retrospect that we see the blessing. We simply had to make it through faith. Maybe it didn't untangle the way we tried to untangle things in our way, in our own strength. But as we pressed into God, He began to show you a bigger picture beyond your spouse. I'm so grateful today that you have a worship leader in Allison and her team and a preacher in me where gifts can come together. We don't always agree, believe it or not. Sometimes we get frustrated with one another. But ultimately, what's at hand is the kingdom of God. And that picture has to be the biggest picture. And we have to allow him to untangle things in our lives so that we can travel through this journey called marriage. You see, for some, we may not see or know the blessing until we're with Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, it's worth the journey. Where Jesus is, that's simply where heaven is. And maybe in retrospect, when we will, it's there where we will finally say, it was good for me to be afflicted. It was good for our marriage at that time because God did a massive untangling in both of us. And it's where we could walk this life out and become sanctified as the bride of Christ. Church, that's where God is calling us today. To be preparing ourselves without spot or wrinkle. And it starts with our marriages. It starts in our relationships. For some of us today, we're living more by fear of the what ifs instead of the faith of the what fors. Don't let fear cause you to put away your gift. I want to encourage you this morning and the mornings to come as we talk about relationships 
and what it means to become untangled, to walk out a journey in sanctification. And how the kingdom of God will be expressed as we go through this. Uh, take notes. God's still teaching me. He's still working on me or we would not be in this series. <laughs> it's a journey for all of us. In retrospect, we look back and say, wow, how beautiful the Christmas season. Well, won't it be good? I, I was with a family yesterday afternoon, so dear to my heart. And I got a tough one in the morning, a real tough one. But in retrospect, we talked about a beautiful marriage and a beautiful family and how through all the tribulations in life, they were glad they had one another and they were glad they finished the race together. In retrospect, it can be so beautiful when God untangles and we see His kingdom expressed and move forth. If you would please stand, I'm going to ask the altar team to make their way forward this morning. And if you would receive prayer this morning, I want to encourage you to come forward and receive prayer. Ask God to do the untangling in your life. Ask God to show you, just as He showed Joseph. Listen, the God that spoke to Joseph speaks to us today. And He'll tell you what you need to do. He'll tell you how to move forward. He'll tell you your next steps, but you're going to have to take those steps in faith. The good thing is you don't have to take it alone. We have an altar team here that's ready to pray for you this morning and to encourage you in your relationships, to encourage you with your spouse, to encourage you as you walk to become sanctified for the greater purpose of the kingdom of God. Lord, thank you for each one this morning. I thank you for a Merry Christmas. And I thank you for the journey called life. Father, may our destination be secured in our marriages because our marriages are in you. In Jesus' name, amen.